You're listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. This is the podcast for the ambitious woman in tech who wants more and is willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm going to give you all of the tips, methods, and strategies you need to remove self-doubt, get over your fears, and build the confidence you need to live the life of your dreams and reach your highest potential. So strap in, enjoy the ride, and let's go get you everything that you deserve. lovelies and welcome back to the Technically Confident podcast. I'm your host as always Charlotte Fuller and today I'm going to be talking to you about the 10 things you need to know to confidently build and launch your own SaaS platform, business, etc. Software as a service business. Even if you are a total non-techie and don't have a clue where to start because I know that some of you listening to this podcast are women who are looking to or have already developed and built your own software, right? So whether you already have your own independent business in your own right, maybe you are um, already successful in that area, but you're looking to or have already built a platform that supports that in some other capacity, or you might just be someone who is launching their own tech company right now, um, their own software as a service company, and wants some more tips on how to do that. Because obviously that's what I do in my day job as a technology strategy consultant. And I work with a range of different people and companies doing this. So actually back in uh, corporate days. So I class corporate days as anything sort of three plus years ago at that, at this point where I was, you know, an ex, in an Accenture Microsoft company in their strategy department. And, um, we would help large, huge, huge organizations across various different industries. Mine particular faves were always, um, anything, industrial, so manufacturing, engineering, renewable energy, because there's super, super exciting use cases for technology um, in those areas. But that's a whole whole other kettle of fish um, that we won't go into today. Um, But we'd help them essentially understand what improvements they wanted to make with technology and also um, help them develop Soft, uh, products, software, services for internal use and external use as well. So that's what I used to do then. I then have done this over the past three years as an independent consultant, as I've also been supporting uh, women in tech and now also supporting female founders specifically to do this for themselves and their own businesses, create their own businesses so that they can move ahead and forge forward in tech, even if they feel super nervous doing it um, and aren't super techie themselves. You might not be, and that's fine. Um, That's what I am here for. That's what my team is here for, to help you through those bits, but also so that we can make a difference to the industry, close the gender gap, and start chipping away um, at some of the big, you know, deficits that we have in terms of women and underrepresented communities within the industry and make a bit of bloody difference, frankly. So what I want to talk to you today, as I mentioned, is that I want to take you through, essentially, I've been putting a guide together because people have been coming to me and essentially saying, well, what's the first things that I need to do 
to build a software as a service, a SaaS product or platform, right, for my business and various different reasons for this, different contexts, etc. But essentially, that's the question is, where do I start? What the F do I do here? So I've been putting together this guide and I wanted to just talk you through some of the points in it at a high level. So it's the 10 things you need to know to confidently build and launch a software as a service platform. So it doesn't matter whether you are a huge global organization running multiple millions or billions of, of pounds or dollars worth of um, services or whether you are a lone ranger and you are looking to uh, build your own software. Same rules, same game. It's just that we need to know how to play it. So I'm going to take you through it. So the first one that we have here, and this is going to sound super obvious. So you're going to be like, yeah, duh. Okay. Of course I, I know this, Charlotte, but have you thought about this really, right? And this is number one, you need to develop a solution for a problem, all right? This is business 101, right? Ultimately, what you're going to do with your platform, your software is to sell it, right? You need something that is going to solve a problem for your users. So the most important element to consider before launching is that the SaaS platform solves a specific problem and ideally more than one right? And it's essential that you validate your solution with potential customers. So, so many people miss this step and end up creating solutions that they think will meet the needs of their customers, rather than taking the necessary steps to design a tech solution that actually does meet their needs. And this is the number one reason, listen to this, the number one reason that tech projects either succeed or fail miserably. Because what often happens is that we will get bright ideas for solutions that we think are going to be great, not test them properly, not run them through our customers properly, et cetera, potential customers. And we end up building something um, that doesn't quite hit the mark. So this is super important. And I think we're going to touch on it as we go through this. But if not, um, I will do a whole other episode on this. And this is why we, when we develop software, we do it in stages right? And we build, first of all, what we call an MVP, so a minimum viable product. And an MVP is basically the absolute least we can build and test of a solution before taking it to market, right? And the reason that we do that is because we want to get something in front of customers as quickly as possible so that we are not building fully-fledged solutions that might cost you a lot of money to do without knowing whether they are right, whether we have validated them correctly and whether they are going to lead to sales and success, right? So first things first, make sure, please, that you are developing a solution that meets, a, that solves a problem for customers. Number two, now, this is think value first. So value is not a reduction in cost in this instance, for example, it's not cheap. It is how much total value, how much can, does this solution bring, right? And this is a question, if there's one question, I want you to continue it, continuously ask yourself always as you are building a software solution is, does this bring value? What value does this bring? When I work with um, huge corporates and um, I will spend 
days and weeks in rooms with um, their senior leadership teams and also um, their their employees as well, running workshops. I spend days running workshops just to identify the value around their solutions. So the value means twofold. What value does it bring to your customers? What problems does it solve? What, what is it going to give them? But also what value will it bring from a business perspective? How will this help you generate revenue? How will you make sales from this? If it's not if it's, for example, you're not j- just looking at it to generate sales, often software solutions, SaaS solutions often help us to reduce operating costs or create efficiencies as well in organizations. These are all things that we need to consider. What value does it bring? So always think from a value first perspective, right? Um, and honestly, I've spent a long time um, training this to big technology software providers to their consulting teams. So just know that these are the questions that these big companies are asking, right? This is the training that they are after and I'm giving it to you now for free, right? If there's anything I can give you, like I said, it's this. Think value first. What value does this bring? So value first solutions focus on realizing the business value from a tech platform. So either buy improving customer experiences, reducing operating expenses, or increasing revenue in some way. You must understand, and this is key here, be able to clearly articulate what does it actually mean? Can you say it very simply? The anticipated ROI, return on investment, and financial and non-financial benefits of your solution. What the hell is this going to bring to the marketplace and how does it work? And all of these things are super, super important that you need to know, especially if you are not bootstrapping your own solution and you're looking to go out for funding and different things like that, these are the questions that you will get asked, right? And you'll need to come up with very simple, very clear answers to them. So understanding this, you know, is super, super important. And there are many ways that creating your own software can help you realize business value. Some are more obvious and some require a little bit more tech know-how to identify, but working with a specialist such as myself or someone in my team to help you understand exactly where you can realize value. For example, if you are wanting to add a a recurring revenue model to your business, um, will enable you to do this in the best possible way, essentially. So there's always going to be a case of we don't know what we don't know and therefore having someone there to to help you super useful. So that's number two. Number three, we have here, I've put strategy and success roadmap. So this is all around planning for growth and scaling and potentially exit before we even build a single thing, right? So you must have a solid, solid plan in place for the design, development, adoption, growth, scaling, and potentially exit of your solutions. So a great technology strategy assesses all of these things, right? And we need to be thinking about this before we move forward with anything. And the way that we look at these sorts of things is to really think about what is it that we ultimately want to achieve here? Are we looking to build a solution that we want to sell in the future? Are we looking to just have an asset that we keep that keeps generating income and revenue? 
And we need to know those things so that we can reverse engineer it backwards to get to the best strategy for us to make this a success. Because if we don't know where we're going to go, we will never be able to get there, right? So there's that side of things. But also from a technology strategy, so that's so we have to think about it on two levels, right? We have to think about it from a business perspective, which is what we've just discussed. What do you want? Where are you headed? What, how will you get there operationally? All of that good stuff. But then also as well, we have to think about this from a technical perspective, as well, which looks at, well, what is a technical roadmap for our solution? And as I mentioned, the first thing that we're going to do is start small with an MVP and this will evolve over time, but we need to have a, a little bit of an idea. Now, our tech solution as well, there's another element to this, is that we need to consider, when we think about tech strategy, what we have to consider is the following three things. So whenever you're doing a technology strategy, you also need to think about the process that sits around that and also the people as well. So you can think of this as a three-legged stool, if you like. If one leg is out of balance, the stool wobbles and your platform and your product is at risk, okay? So I mentioned before that one of the biggest reasons that technology projects fail is because they haven't answered a particular problem. But one of the main reasons that technology um, initiatives in organizations or in general um, also fail is because we've only considered certain things. And that generally tends to be technology, right? We don't think about the processes that sit underneath that and how, and the people, how this will affect the people around it. So when we're talking about people in this capacity, it's generally your user base, right? Your user base in terms of how you get people onto the platform, how you will keep them there, how you will give them the best possible experience. But then also as well, if you are building something, if you're looking to build a product here that's um, a bit larger, for example, you might ultimately end up with a team, right? Running this with people around that and culture that you need to consider. So all of these things need to be brought into the balance because only then do you really truly have a successful technology strategy and business strategy for success. So only then will you really have something comprehensive that you can trust. So if we break this down a little bit into people, process, and technology, right? So if we think about the technology first, this is the part of the strategy that's that's focused on understanding the more complicated techie bits. So right, amongst other elements, this focuses on who will build your platform, explores where your platform will be hosted, how you will leverage that information effectively, if and what types of technology you want to incorporate. For example, what features will your platform have? Where will you host it? Where will it sit? What security is involved in that? All of that good stuff. And don't get overwhelmed by that, right? This is what people like me are here for. It's so that we can help you understand what that means. So as you work with people like me and my team or whoever else that you choose to work with, you they should be talking you through this and giving you all of the different options available to you, right? So that's one of the main things. And let me tell you, if you've got any idea about this, so I'm talking about if you're, you're bringing on a consultant or something like that or a team to support you with this, then... Ultimately, this might seem difficult to you, but it's not actually difficult to them, <laughs> if that makes sense. So don't stress too much about it. You know, we've got you. 
The second side of it um, is process. So process is about making sure that your platform can be adopted effectively and easily and that you have a process for running um, clients through your sales pipeline, for example, keeping them on the system, your customer support and all of that good stuff. So if the processes are cumbersome, no one will you know, be able to adopt and use your platform effectively and you've wasted your time and money. So it's super important that we have those in place. And then we've got people. So you have to consider here how and why people want to use your platform, right? So as I mentioned before, do not underestimate the importance of this bit, okay? So I've seen more than one multi-million dollar project fail because this step was overlooked in the strategy and phase of the project. So make sure that you're just getting this bit right. Get it covered. Get someone in who knows what they're doing and help can help you guide you through this. You also need to think about who will manage this product for you in the business, dedicated resources if you need. Um, and you know, this doesn't have to be cumbersome, but it does need to be considered. So those are the three main elements there. And then based on what we were just talking about as well, I've lumped it into um a separate category here for, but it's really, you know, what this what number four is, it's plan to scale from day one, right? So it's talking about the business elements here. One of the greatest benefits of SaaS platforms is that they are highly, highly scalable, right? The digital nature of software as a service allows it to scale much more quickly than others, right? If we've got all the other bits right. Caveat to that. To realize these benefits, it's crucial to have a vision for your product and to know exactly how you will capitalize on your new asset to reap the full benefits of your investment over the long term. This should be included in your strategy from the start. You'll also need to consider any technology scaling requirements relating to where your SaaS solution is hosted and where your data is stored. Essentially, you need a plan to make sure that the tech you have can grow with your big ambitions. So get all this right from the very start, please. It will just save you a lot of headache, a lot of cost, and a lot of drama in the future, stress. Um, okay, five, prepare to iterate. Building a SaaS platform is not a one and done situation, right? You will need to build and test this and iterate it along the way. As I mentioned, we start with an MVP solution and we follow an agile development process. Now, agile development basically just means we do things in a way that starts small, we test things, we build a bit more, we test things, we get new features, we test them, you get the picture. Like <laughs> it's repetitive, you know, but for a reason. And that's because we want to make sure that this does not fail. The agile methodology is really built on validating and iterating products based on their input to make sure that they really meet the needs of users. Remember point number one about developing solutions to meet problems, right? Well, you need to make sure you keep testing and then make sure you actually build a solution that truly, truly does that. Number six, costs. Now, let's get down to the nitty gritty, shall we? What costs are actually involved in launching a SaaS platform? Well, that's the million dollar question, right? So the total cost of developing a SaaS platform varies, really does, depending on the complexity of your idea and how much of the de development process and build process you want to manage yourself. With that being said, I understand that it varies isn't too helpful and that there are high level, you know, breakdowns of the costs that you need to consider. Now, this is what I'll say to you is that the main things that are going to make your 
software SaaS platform more or less expensive to build is that the complexity of the features that you have. So features are something essentially that um, your platform does, right? So for example, a feature of Zoom could be that you can use video, right? That's one type of feature. So depending on how complex they are um, will depend on the cost and development of your solution. You also will need to consider whether you're going to build this um, onshore. So that means with a development company that is based in, you know, your country, maybe that's the US or the UK um, and Europe, or whether you will develop it um, offshore, um, which tends to be, you know, countries uh, like India, for example. Or there are also options to do that somewhere in the middle, which is we might go to somewhere like Bulgaria, for example, where it's not, it's, it's categorized as nearshore, um, where it's, you know, you tend to have highly sk uh, skilled people, but it's a little bit less of a cost. So these are all different things that you need to weigh up. There are different risks and benefits to all of those different solutions. So think about those things. You'll also need to think as well as development costs around the design, um, costs as well, such as, or sorry, should I say hosting costs? So once you've built your solution, where are you going to put it, right? It needs to live somewhere. Um, and that also needs to be hosted and managed. Um, and there will be continual development changes likely as well, right? And ongoing run costs. So these are thinking about things such as marketing and advertising, legal costs, things like that, employee training, customer support, all of those things that you you need to consider. So it's not sort of a, this doesn't, depending on the size of your solution, what your aims are with it, doesn't have to be super, super expensive. You can develop something for a few grand, um, get people onto the platform, um, recoup some of your money and, and, and move forward from there, right? But if it is a big, large scale solution, then yeah, you'll have to have, you'll have to consider more of these elements. Now, number seven is funding and investment. So you may decide to bootstrap your SaaS development, which means you'll pay for it yourself, or you may wish to explore options for funding. So regardless of which route you choose, you'll need to be able to pitch and present your idea effectively. So this is sort of an art in itself, right? And actually, maybe I will do, I want, oh, I want to write a note for this, is that I would like to do a podcast episode on this, which is how do you actually pitch your ideas for success? So when you pitch your idea, if you're going to go for funding, things like that, you have to think about where you are going to go for funding and what that looks like. So if you haven't already, check out the episode that I did with Julie Williams, who's an expert in um, funding, getting funding, and also in growing and growth and exit strategies for businesses as well. So there's some top tips in there. But essentially, regardless of where you get your funding from, you will be required to forecast revenue and cost effectively because you're going to need to be able to clearly articulate the value of your product, going back to the value side of things, I'm drilling this again, um, to ensure that it is commercially viable because these are the questions that investors are going to ask you. 
So if you're planning to head down the investor route, there are many different options available to you. But in all cases, you will need to understand what operating performance markers, investors, um, markers that investors and value, investors value and reward. So investors think a lot about characteristics that are representative of an early stage startup. So before they invest in your company, they will want to see success metric success around specific metrics, right? So again, metrics is going to be a whole episode in itself around those sides of things. But my point is this, you need to have your shit together and you need to know what's going on, right? And what your forecasts look like and why and be justifiable in those um, to get funding. So Securing startup funding just does take time and it takes consistent effort. So if you're like if you're gonna do this, you're likely to go through multiple pitching rounds and working sessions. So it's important to be prepped and planned accordingly. Right? Again, other episodes we can go into this. Now, marketing and sales. So this is number eight. So Another thing that you want to think about before you build this is you should be explicitly laying out how to grow beyond your first five or 10 customers, right? Which are often generally existing relationships that we have and may not even provide a full representation of the larger marketplace, right? So this means that identifying multiple new customers, which could exist within both, you know, B2B and B2C areas that will buy your SaaS services. You need to know who you're going to sell to, how you're going to market it, how you're going to get them on board. So if you're already a successful entrepreneur, you know, you're likely already pretty good at selling, but more often than not, we're either good at selling directly to customers or selling to other companies and not usually both. So depending on your target audience, marketing and selling your SaaS product will likely require a mix of, of, of a couple of different things. So you'll need to think about where your weaknesses lie and what training and strategies you need to resolve them. Also, there are nuances when it comes to selling software that we don't often consider with other things. You know, we often selling software includes um, giving demos to different people. It includes um, often one of the fastest ways to get people onto your platform is to have a very direct selling strategy, um, which could be different to what you're used to right now. So again, actually, I, I can do another episode on how to sell software. I'll bring one of my partners in that I work with who he's an expert in this. Um, and we'll have a chat on, on the on the podcast about it. So it's also wise here to consider different sales strategies, such as how you leverage referral programs, partner networks, how you plan to retain and upsell to existing customers, and also how you are going to drive revenue per customer. So one of the main things, one of the things with, with SaaS platforms is this, right? You can't just be a good salesperson, right? And what I mean by that is that you can't just sell enough to get people onto your platform. You also need retention strategies to keep people there, right? This is what recurring <laughs> means, right? If people are only paying one time to use your software, you don't have a business here, right? You have a good salesperson in place, I guess. Um, so it's really important that you get all these things right and you consider it. So this is going to allow you... So also with this, it's, it's thinking about once you've got people on the platform, not just retaining them, but what else can you sell them once they're on there? How can you 
um, improve the revenue per customer that you have because it's much cheaper to do that than get new customers. And ideally, you want to be doing both, right, if we're growing this. And your ability to scale without wildly increasing operating expenses, this is directly linked to that. So number nine, IP and legal. So when you build a SaaS platform, you are building a piece of intellectual property. This is an asset, a personal asset, a business asset, whatever that looks like. You are, this is yours, right? This is some cool shit. But there are a few legal aspects you need to consider when launching your SaaS platform. Generally, from a legal perspective, and I am not a legal advisor or anything like that. So this is not advice, but it is something that you want to go out and consider and get the relative support around. So generally, from a legal perspective, you want to think about privacy and data protection. You want to think about the security around the data and the product. You want to think about the IP ownership. Does it all belong to you? What does that look like? You want to think about the limitations of liability um, as well. And it's worth, like I said, getting expert advice from a skilled legal professional from the start just to make sure that you're super compliant and checking all the legal boxes, but also that you are protecting yourself because you're building your own intellectual property and you want to make sure you're buttoned up and that that all belongs to you effectively. So it's super exciting, um, you know, but you want to make sure that what you're protecting, what's yours. And then finally, number 10, risks and issues. So there are three main risks to consider when it comes to developing SaaS solutions. Over time, over budget, and wrong solutions. These are the three main risks. So you want to make sure that you are not building something that takes, you know, forever to build, that your project is going, you know, AWOL and you're not meeting deadlines. You want to make sure that you're not spending a fortune, that it's going over budget. And you want to make sure from the start that you're building the right solution. We've already been through this. Having a clear plan in place for how you will mitigate these risks is crucial to the success of your platform. That's why you need the strategy from the start. Ultimately, SaaS solutions are not as complicated or expensive to develop as you might think they are if you get some of these things right from the start. They offer incredible benefits, but it is well worth getting expert support to make sure that you don't end up wasting your time on money and the wrong things. So that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gave you a really clear understanding of what you need to do to get started. But also as well, if you are a female um, entrepreneur, founder, CEO, looking support for support with building your own SaaS platform, you can get in touch with me and my team and we'd be super excited to support you on this journey. If you want to do that, the process is actually super simple. You can send us an email at info@charlottefuller.com. You can drop us a, a message on any one of our social channels, primarily Instagram and LinkedIn, where we are at Charlotte Fuller Tech. And we will book you in for a complimentary 30-minute introduction call where we go through what all of your goals are for the product or your current issues, all of that good stuff. Um, and then essentially we work hand in hand with you over a period of a few weeks to um, outline this strategy for success and also to um, build an initial MVP use case as well. So you end up with something actually that you can get in front of customers. So if you'd like to go ahead and do that, we'd love to hear from you. Regardless, get in touch, say hi, and 
I will have a fabulous week. Have a fabulous week yourself. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. If you'd like to get your hands on my incredible and absolutely free 100 resources to empower women in tech guide, which by the way, is packed to the brim with all of the top networks, events, podcasts and books, oh, and influencers you need to follow right now, then all you need to do is go to charlottefuller.com and click the link at the top of the page. Or you can just use the link in the show notes. Super, super simple. I look forward to seeing you next time. All my love and confidence, Charlotte.